Welcome back to the Community Pioneers podcast with me, Chris Smith. In this pod, we meet Lorna and Misha. They're a double act involved in designing and building their own huts on a piece of woodland. They're a unique double act because Lorna's the grandmother and Misha the granddaughter. So as you can imagine, they've got slightly different perspectives on what's involved. So I thought it would be interesting to sit down with the pair of them to talk through where they are in the process, partly as oral history, but also, I guess, as reassurance for anybody else involved in their own hut journey. It's great to welcome into the podcast this morning, Lorna and Misha, who are hut builders. Lorna, would you just tell us how easy it is just to build a hut? Yeah, um, well, I thought about a year ago when I left my job and got a lump sum from a pension, I was going to buy some land and build a hut. I woke up one morning and said that to my husband and he went, okay then. Um, and a year later, uh, we're still not, we still haven't actually built a hut. Partly, I suppose it was lockdown and, um, you know, there's been a, an awful lot going on. And also, it's just taken some time to try and imagine, well, to get the wood, to get the land. Um, that took a wee bit of time in doing. Um, and then thinking, what sort of hut do we want? How do we want to make use of it? How do we design it? What sort of materials should we use? So loads and loads of uh, things I suppose I hadn't considered when we thought, I'm just going to buy some land and build a hut. Can I just ask a simple question? Why would you just not go to the shops and buy a hut? Yeah, it's a good. That is a good question. Um, and to be honest, to this day, I still don't know quite where this idea of building a hut came from. So I don't know if it was something maybe my granny used to tell me about, or my older daughter is interested in permaculture, so she's been interested in the the land and how we can use it better. So I think in the mix of conversations, she's been talking about hut came up um but the more i got into it the more i realized actually it's it's about a process you know yeah i could go to b and q or somewhere and buy a hut and stick it on the stick it in the wood but it's actually about that you know that that creativity of designing it yourself uh building it yourself and involving the whole family in it as well so it just grew um and evolved over the last wee while. Misha, why, your, your grand's just said that they could have gone to buy a hut, but they didn't, and they decided to design one from scratch and design the wood and choose all sorts of different bits and pieces. What was your involvement early on in this? Why do you think they wanted to, to, to build a hut? Well, my reasoning why I wanted to build a hut was... Um, I want to be a joiner when I grow up, so it'd be like a good practice. And I really enjoy doing like woodwork kind of things. So I've been helping out by like, I was helping out choosing out the land and I've been looking at stuff on Pinterest for all the different designs and I've been helping out with all the little bits and pieces that I can. Lorna, you're at the point now where you're putting designs down on pieces of paper. Can you just describe what's the process of doing this amongst a, a, a family group? 
Um, yeah, we, we started out, as I say, with a bit of land and then we got the wood and the wood to some extent dictated the kind of um, how we were going to use it. The, it's got quite a slope in it and then there's a culvert at the bottom so that, and that's got water running through it. So there's something about how the, the land itself, how you would position huts and what sort of huts you might you might want. Um, and we, we started out thinking my husband and I would have a, a hut and I thought, we'll make that one kind of communal. So that would be where we would all have our meals and things. Um, and then the, the Olivers, Misha's side of the family, would have a hut. And they chose, luckily, we all chose different areas. So they've chosen a slightly different area in the hut, which is much more in among the, the, the original pine trees. And then my other daughter and granddaughter and her family, um, they chose a slightly different bit. They, uh, Misha's family call it the Jurassic Park bit of the hut. Ours is up um, by where all the Christmas trees are. And then there's another bit that's a bit more a bit more open. Um, so that's where my, my daughter decided. So it kind of took place over quite a few months, quite a few, well, during lockdown, Zoom calls and um, backwards and forwards with um, thoughts about how we would use it. In, in between times when we were allowed to go and see the wood, we would talk about the kind of things that we wanted to do in it, um, spent a bit of time there as a, as a family, and the ideas kind of um, evolved from that. Um, my brother came up with the idea of having a hexagonal kind of theme to the land, and that, that appealed to me because of the bees. You know, there's a thing about, you know, save the bees and... Um, pollinators and so on. So that that just kind of struck home and I just liked that thought. Um, and I've done quite a lot of work over the years in terms of how you have a good conversation and this idea of sitting in a circle around a fire, you know, so so we came up with a, he came up with the hexagonal design for the hut. And it was kind of close to a circle, but it was also um, an interesting shape. Now that we've started to design it, it's an interesting shape in terms of the, the structure. You know, how do you put a roof on a hexagon? Um, Misha and I had many a happy few minutes trying to figure out the maths that would be required to, you know, what size would it be and how do you make it into the 30 square metres that are the, the sort of maximum that you can have in, um, on, in planning policy for a hut. So, yeah, it was a, it's all been quite evolving and... Um, just various conversations as we've been working it through the last few months. So Misha, have you actually been making models of each of the different huts in this compound? Um, yeah, I've made a few. I've done a few like drawings and then I'm I started to build one out of cardboard. And has that been really useful to, for people to visualise things? Have you got, for example, a map of the whole place, a scale map where you can move these different models around? Uh, yeah. And what's it been? What's it been like? Has it been an interesting, a series of interesting discussions as you move things around? Yeah. Well, me and my friends are going to build uh, my one. And um, we've had a few calls and um, we've been discussing where everything will go and um, all the different things we need for it. Okay, well, talk me through. What kind of things do you specifically need 
as a young person going to live in the wilds, what do you need which is different to um, your grandma? Well, I definitely need some type of, I need some type of internet because I'll be away from my friends and I won't be able to talk to them if I don't. So I'll definitely need some sort of internet and a nice little cozy. I like, I would like my hut to be nice and cozy. So lots of little seats and blankets and everything. And what kind of things are you designing into your into your hut? Well, I'm designing well just generally all the things you would need for like a normal house, so like bedrooms. I'm gonna have a small kitchen in there and a bathroom and a living room and everything. Then I'm also gonna have a little movie room, so with a projector. So I'll be able to watch movies. Okay, I guess I've got to ask the question. With your ambition to be a joiner, how much of this are you going to be building yourself? I'm planning to build the majority of it. I'm planning to build like the actual model, like the, the actual hut. And then I'm planning on building for my kitchen, like all the counters and the table and then bookshelves. And all the stuff that really you can make, I'm going to at least have a go on trying to make it. Lorna, it sounds like you're going to have some snazzy neighbours. <laughs> yes, indeed. And how is your design going to reflect your needs? <laughs> well, I suppose we were thinking of the basics as well, as Misha was saying. And, but I, and I had ma- imagined our hut being a bit more open and really just you, maybe a bed city for sleeping over. And... Uh, a big table and chairs so that we can have this kind of communal space where we could we could eat and I, I still haven't thought this through yet and uh, people maybe think they're a bit bonk I'm a bit bonkers well they think that anyway but um, I did think about getting a you know like a burger van or something or you know some of these sort of catering vans and actually have that on the site and then we would, we could use that for cooking rather than having it trying to squeeze everything inside the inside the hut so it's it's these sort of um yeah details I suppose significant details that we're still working through how do you imagine your life at the hut at the huts or the compound is going to be like what can you describe what you imagine it to be I suppose you know the 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 question you know what would a typical day like be uh, be like um I'd imagined I would love for the the whole family to be there all at the same time but that can happen or not so we would all be in our own huts for um sleeping arrangements and so on um get up and have a communal breakfast just spend i suppose a lot of it's dictated by weather and time of the year so just make use of the um the woods itself we've got neighbors in the woods there's other people um who are planning to build huts as well so maybe have a, a wander around the wood from what I've picked up, um, you know, a lot of this stuff is still all in the planning and we haven't actually practically done it yet, but huts need maintained. You know, I, I imagine there'll always be something that's a bit like the fourth bridge. There's always something that will be needing done to um, uh, to maintain it. And then probably, you know, barbecues, uh, big you know, family gatherings that are a bit of fun. I also did think about, so uh, I am a 
trained facilitator. So I'd imagined other people coming into the woods just to give them the opportunity to have that experience, you know, just to have a sort of quiet place to sit and have a conversation about something. So that that was, I'm hesitating a wee bit more about that one because that's where I started. And then the lockdown thing happened and it, it's all kind of gone a bit uh, um, a bit off the off the boil just now, but I'm imagining that that kind of thing, you know, just giving people the opportunity to spend a bit of time outside and um, enjoy the peace and quiet and the um, yeah the surroundings. From a sheer practicality, uh, how many days or over the year are you actually going to be living at the? You're not going to be there full time, are you? No, the the planning policy says you can't. Um, it's not a uh, even a second home. It's a it's a hut for occasional recreational use. Practically know the, the words off by heart by now. So no, it would be uh, weekends, uh, time during the summer holidays. I would like to spend some time there during the winter, and we do want to make it quite um, cosy. You know, we'll we'll build in a lot of insulation. We'll have a wood burning stove. Um, so I would I would imagine um, even on the you know the, the coldest days um, we could still spend you know a, a day or so there uh, so but yeah occasional rather than you know any great length of time. Misha how do you think you're going to be living your life at the hut? Um, well I think I'll be doing a lot more like stuff outside because I like to stay in my bedroom the majority of the day so I'll be outside more like taking care of the land and exploring a lot and uh, like gardening and just generally doing more things outside. And Lorna, some people will say this is a, a, an enormous task to be taking on. And as you've mentioned, it sounds to me like you're preparing yourself for maintenance, fourth road bridge type involvement with looking after things building things extending things mm-hmm. i guess it would start taking on a large commitment like this i guess the fundamental question is why are you doing this the fundamental answer is i'm not very sure yet i know both my daughters looked at me and said you know who are you and what have you done with my mother and even as uh, misha and i are speaking you know we sound like real townies you know we spend most of the time watching netflix and living in the outskirts of Edinburgh and all the things that the civilised Edinburgh can offer. Um, I'm just intrigued by and excited by the prospect of doing something very different and seeing where it takes us. You know, just I, I like the idea of we, we just don't know how this is going to work out. We've already had our plans, even as we're describing them just now, are probably about version 15 of where we started um, so who knows where it'll end up. But I'm I'm interested as much in the, the journey and the conversations and the creation of something. So yeah, no, it's a bit of a bit of a big answer, but um it's yeah. It... Well, maybe we should ask Misha. Misha, why do you think your gran is doing this? I'm not really sure. Um maybe to like try something new. And to, um, I don't really know, Ruth. <laughs> One of the things that people listening to this will say, well, that sounds fantastic. 
you're going to have a great new outdoor life. It's going to be a place where you can go and be very peaceful and you can be with your friends, family. It's great. But there are things that you're going to miss. What do you think, if you were speculating now, thinking forward, what are the things that you're going to you're going to miss? I yeah, I'm the least outdoor person that um, you might come across. So I'm I'm imagining some of the possible downsides of living in this hut when it's suddenly started to pour with rain and it's freezing cold Scottish weather and it all sounds very romantic and the fire's not started yet. I mean, we've even had little bits of that experience just trying to build a fire outside. So I suppose there's a bit of that, but because, as we were saying earlier, it's this is for recreational use and it's for occasional use, uh, I imagine for two or three days it'll actually be something very different and we'll enjoy it. And then we we go back to our um, something a wee bit more, yeah, I don't know if civilised the right word, but uh, so, so yeah, I'm thinking more of the kinds of things that we will do with it rather than the things I would miss. Misha mentioned earlier about having Wi-Fi and things. I'm not sure how possible that is. And just the sheer um, energy that these sorts of things take, you know, how would we, how would we actually physically be able to get the power to be able to do some of this stuff? I'm not sure. Well, did you go and look at any other communities before you started designing your own? No, we haven't. We went to the uh, the Thousand Huts campaign, had a rally in February. Um, so my husband and I went along to that and met a few people there and heard some of the some of the stories. But then, of course, you know, the, we've all been, kind of been locked down for a long time since. But that that would be a, a Carbeth is somewhere that's in, I think that's in Stirling um, would be somewhere that we would really want to go and you know have a have a look around and as i say there's a couple of people in the, the woods that have s- started to build huts um so we're hopefully going to be um having a wee look at that over the next the next wee while as things open up a bit more misha did you have a look at any huts before you decided to design your own hut i'm thinking maybe hobbits well of course i've seen the hobbits and um but i never re- i wasn't really interested in all this stuff before and um, my granny started talking about it and um i never thought i would be like here build about to build a hut and have left school and done all this amazing things but you you had lots of ideas that's great and it's obviously tied in with your ambition to be a joiner. Yeah. So it sounds to me like this is a pretty amazing opportunity for someone of your age. I think this is a really good opportunity for me because I'm like learning. And um, when I was in school, I did a presentation about this, about all my huts and everything. And I like, taught about all of the people in my class about it and it, they were also interested so it's all about I think it's a really good opportunity to like learn and to share with other people and it's a good way for people like my age to show their creativity 
So as we're coming to the end here, I, it sounds to me like you're really both quite passionate about hearts. And when I considering that where we are right now, the coming towards the end of a lockdown, when do you imagine you will actually be out on site, moving pieces of wood around and digging and doing all of those things that you have to do to build the hut? Lorna, when do you think you're going to start? A lot of it will depend on the planning permission. Um, so we're hoping over the next four or five weeks we'll have the, the plans in. Um, we're waiting to hear just in the literally in the next couple of weeks, one of the other owners in the wood um, have put theirs in for planning permission. So if it goes smoothly, um, we'd be hoping in the summer, you know, that would be a, a kind of ideal, an ideal time to do it. And hopefully the restrictions are, are less in the summer as well. If the planning permission drags on, then it'll be dictated by when, when that happens. And, well, apart from the really, you know, depth of winter, um, we can work and go out to the wood at, at any time and do, bit, uh, you know, bits of work. Um, there's a lot of work to do, even without a hut. Um, there's a lot that we can do um, with the land that we've got, you know, clearing it. We're planting trees, hopefully. We've got a bundle of trees from a free co-op in... Um, in Edinburgh, they're more native trees to, to Scotland than the ones that were in the original wood. So there's all sorts of other stuff that we can do if the you know, and the hut will be part of the, the planning permission process as much as anything else. Misha, with all of the work that's going to happen during the summer, what kind of jobs are you looking forward to doing? I'm looking forward to, well, planting the trees. I think that'll be pretty fun. And um clearing spaces for the huts and like uh, making paths see I built I made a path out in the garden and that was really fun so I think it'll be fun to do it out in the wood as well and generally just the little things like all that I think that would be really fun Thank you very much for your time this talking about um, building a hut. If, and if ever there was a, an advert for hut building, it's you two. Because it sounds to me like you're going to have so much fun and you've had so much fun so far doing, uh, doing this all. If anybody was listening in and thinking about building their own hut in Woodland, what's your advice? I'll go to each of you in turn. So what would your advice to anyone listening in who wants to build hut? Lorna? Uh, I would um, advise that you go onto the Thousand Huts website because there's a huge amount of information there about it. And I would just ask, I suppose, what we did was use a little bit of imagination and, and take a bit of a leap of faith and be a little bit brave. Um, and, and then we're just now, you know, enjoying the, the journey that it's taken. So, you know, imagine spending a bit more time outside um, spending some time in a cosy wood that you've built and designed yourself or you've had help from, from others to build um, and go for us. And we are happy to talk to anybody that's interested in our story if you want to hear more. Because you have actually done a series of presentations. You're a bit of a double act. We, yeah, we are. Uh, yes, in fact, we've got our own uh, YouTube channel. We've only managed to put one video up yet. We've had slight tech problems with the other one. Uh, but yeah, we're we're keen to um, put things. We've got a um, an Instagram account as well, 
uh, trying to post our pictures and share um, our story as we're as we're going through it. Amisha, what's your advice to anybody thinking about joining in this enterprise of building a hut? I think it would be to do your research and, as my granny said, go on the Thousand Hut website and just go for it because it's a really good experience and it's really fun. Well, that's a great way to end this recording. It's fun. (laughs) Well, thanks again for your time today, guys. This was really interesting to hear about it. And if only we could capture the smiles that you both have on your face as you're talking about this. A granny and a granddaughter designing a building hut in Woodland. That's a fantastic story. So thank you so much for your for your time this morning. Thank you. We've enjoyed it. It's It's been interesting. Part of the process is telling your story and then, well, it's maybe the way my mind works, but making sense of it as we're telling the story. So it's 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 really helpful for us just to talk things through and people asking us questions and things you might not have thought of. So I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks again to Lorna and Misha for coming into the pod to talk about their journey to date. I'm sure they'll be coming back with future updates and reports from the front line. And I think we're all going to be interested to find out how Misha solves the internet problem. But if you can't wait till then, you can always follow them on social media. I've popped the link down in the program notes that accompany this podcast. So thanks again to Lorna and Misha, and thanks to you if you've been listening. <laughs>